Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Frank podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and special event consultant, Toby Dodge of Prepared.com. And Eric Zimmerman, pianist, DJ, and master of ceremonies of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Wedding and Event Planning, a place for everything and everything in its place. Usually, a well-planned event goes smoothly. In this, one of our first podcast episodes, Toby and I discuss real situations and actual events. In some ways, this is a behind-the-scenes look at how a wedding coordinator and master of ceremonies work together. Ideally, none of this drama is ever perceived by the client. And now please enjoy Wedding and Event Planning, a place for everything and everything in its place. And then um, on the 26th of May, I'll be leaving with Bill to go to Pennsylvania for um, his daughter's wedding reception. Oh, wow. And the wedding reception is not until the 29th on Sunday, but I'll be helping her set up. So between the 26th and the 29th, I'll be helping um, Misty set up for her wedding um, uh, reception. It's going to be in a barn. (laughs) Cool. And they're having like 25 to 30 kids. (laughs) And so we have all these games and, uh, you know, um, they have a small band of friends that they know that are going to play. And it's it's really home style. That's it's it's uh, harking back to to some of my first weddings where they were back backyard weddings. So nice. Yeah, nice. it's going to be really nice. You know, something about uh, having kids at a wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, I try to take advantage of that by uh, during the father-daughter dance, the mother-son dance, and then right after that, I recommend that these couples stay on the dance floor, the mother and father mm-hmm. stay on the dance floor, and that we invite all fathers and daughters and all mm-hmm. mothers and sons and extend that to all nieces with their uncles and nephews with their aunts and mm-hmm. Grandparents have a shot at anybody. They can dance with whoever they want. <laughs> I like that. I really do. You know, if children are not engaged in a purposeful way, they will have fun no matter what. <laughs> and, if, and if that means running diagonally across the dance floor and sliding into first base, <laughs> they will do it. Absolutely. Or if they want to twirl and twirl till they fall down dizzy they will do it so i think it's lovely when the uh whoever's the master of ceremonies mc will gather everybody i think it's wonderful just Mm -hmm. wonderful um because i think it helps the children understand their place and and of importance and connection includes them yes yes and so they don't feel like they're they're an appendage, so to speak, and that they kind of have to fend for themselves uh, to to have fun. 
I, I remember many years ago, I was at a uh, banquet center and the maitre d' told me when we're ready to serve our main course or even the salads, everyone must be seated, including children. And I said, I, of course, I would understand you wanting to do that because um, you could, you know, bump or get in the way or whatever. Well, the funny part is he says, well, the thing is, Toby, our waiters have to cross the dance floor in order to get to the other side of the room. So it doesn't really matter if it's a child or if it's a grown-up that wants to stay dancing on the dance floor, even if the music has stopped. And there are some people that will do that. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's a compliment, but, you know, it can be disruptive. Because all I need is for one person to decide, decide to twirl when I'm coming with a plate of food covered. And so I said, well, I, I promise you I'll be very careful about that. So I was. I got everybody to sit down. Now it's time for the main course. And everybody's up. They, they decided they were dancing in between courses. So now they're up and dancing. And it's only for about 15 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. And you know how it is. This has happened to you many times. And you have no idea. But sometimes the group just wants to dance. And it, they're just not into eating. Yeah. And it's, and it's not about the bad food or good food. It's... They're there to party. And they're enjoying themselves. And you can't even take full uh, credit for that. It's just who they are. Yep. And so then you say to yourself, okay, five more minutes. So mm -hmm. I walk over to the kitchen. I open the door. I won't go in because I know they don't <laughs> like that. So, I, so I'm looking for the maitre d'. So finally somebody catches my eye and I say, you know, we send, you know, Jimmy over. And, and so I, he says, yes. And I said, I have a favor to ask of you. You think we can hold off the main course for like five, seven minutes, just a couple more songs because they're so into it. And he just gives me this look like, I don't know if I should slap you or... <laughs> <laughs> or I should just laugh in your face, you know? And he says, Toby, I cannot uncook the chicken. <laughs> you have three minutes. I said, yes, sir. And I knew if I was going to work at that place again, <laughs> I better have those people seated in three minutes. <laughs> so right. I went in front of the band leader and I put up two fingers Two minutes, because <laughs> I knew it was going to take me at least another minute to physically get the people off the dance floor. And the chicken was ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes, because I saw the man's come out with the pots and pans in his hands, ready to kill me if I didn't. So, anyway. Yeah. Well, all right. You've got to, <laughs> there's a lot of timing that has to happen in a wedding. There's timing the chicken and yeah. time, timing the <laughs> and dance. It really, it, yeah, and it doesn't matter if it's for a wedding or other kind of event. 
you know, especially uh, you've done programs where there's a script and there's speakers and there's video and all kinds of things. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And especially for nonprofits, you know, uh, when they have programs and they're giving speeches, fundraisers and yeah. fundraisers. And uh, I have seen this happen so many times where someone is supposed to get up and speak and suddenly they're not there. <laughs> well, okay. okay. Even if they've been cued, <laughs> <laughs> they slide out of that room. Cause you say to them, you give them a five minute cue. Okay. And you say, okay, five minutes, you're caught, you know, and they think they can just dash out to the bathroom and be back. No, it doesn't happen that way. No. I, you know, that once happened to me at the um, uh, Biltmore downtown. Mm-hmm. And you know the Biltmore. It, it's a beautiful historical building. And they made the decision when they built that hotel that they were going to have a bank of bathrooms essentially in the center. They have uh, three major ballrooms in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side, uh, they have uh, a big hallway and they have some shops and whatever. And on the back side of that is, are the bathrooms. That's right. And there's got to be, you know, it's a huge bathroom. You could probably have 100 women in there <laughs> that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And so there's plenty of room for everybody. However... Go try and find somebody in that bathroom when you have other ballrooms using that same bathroom. Right. And it's quite a walk from some bat from yes. some of the ballrooms. And so you find yourself walking in and yelling out somebody's name. <laughs> Gertrude, where are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your husband is speaking. <laughs> Because, you know, a wife didn't think she needed to be in the room. (laughs) Well, you're absolutely right. And the best itinerary in the world is absolutely necessary. And then what makes it better is to have the scripted announcements built right into that itinerary. Yeah. And then there's an agreement amongst the participants, including the food and the captain and the waiters and the videographer and the DJ and everybody just to make sure that they're following and that we all kind of like look up, we lock eyes and say the next thing. Yeah. And then you, the coordinator says, okay, the the father of the bride is in the room now. (laughs) So it's okay to make that announcement that he's going to speak. Yeah. You really do need to have one point person, whoever it is, you know, you got to have that point person. And I find so often that the, um, the person who's paying for the event, um, rightly so wants to do things, um, instinctually sometimes and says, Oh, but I, you know, I forgot my uncle, you know, he has to be here. Ugh. You know, know? so what I'm really saying to you is whether it's scripted or not, whether it's timed perfectly or not, 
things happen. Yes. And the best uh, MCs are those that recognize, you know, well, something's changed or we need to make a change because either something is going too slowly or too quickly and you have to cover, you have to fill in something. Mm -hmm. And I would really love all of our future listeners, and I mean this sincerely, to trust the, the MC, the banquet manager, or the, the event planner, that if they sense that something needs to change, either to keep the energy up or to move things along because somebody has to leave or the band has to take a break or something that's imperative for a good reason, you got to have faith in them. And it, I really think it's built on trust. Yeah. It really is. I, I know that there are some people who are just na- naturally skeptic. Well, uh, and that it's hard. Yes. And you always have to deal with those people and that a little bit of a little more care, a little more love, mm-hmm. a little more control, a little more understanding with those types of people. And you have loads and loads and loads of that. I've seen mm-hmm. that. And um, there are, how can I say it? There are times that you have to be flexible and that you have to extend something or shorten something. Or, uh, but, but I think that having the, the bride and groom or, or the, if it's a party, you know, the celebrants, are involved in something and they're, they're engaged in their guests and mm-hmm. let them be engaged with their guests. And we handle the confusion behind all that. And they don't really have to know. And it depends upon the, the individual, just how much they are, have their own copy of the itinerary and they're following <laughs> along at their own wedding. <laughs> that means that they're also being the coordinator in somehow, and they're not really yeah. enjoying or participating in their wedding. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I, I have one story in mind to tell you about, and I can't say it's my finest moment. I wish it had been. Um, but I had a situation where the father of the, I'm trying to think, it was the father of the groom was paying for the wedding, the I had done his daughter's wedding uh, a year or two earlier, and that wedding was terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at a really high-end hotel. It was gorgeous. Everything was great. And I just knew that this father was not the easiest person to get along with. He had very high standards, which is fine. But, you know, he was a little rough around the edges, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And when it came to his daughter, future daughter-in-law's wedding, he was as sincere and caring as if she were his own daughter. And that was very admirable. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better father-in-law for this bride. Um, However, there was a different hotel, different circumstances, even though this was a lovely hotel, they didn't quite have the same 
service level or attitude that he had received from the other hotel. Hmm. So we had a rehearsal, and the rehearsal had to be in a different room, which does happen sometimes on a Friday when you're having a Saturday event, and there's an event in the room that uh, you're going to be using, but they can't uh, the next day, so you have to go to a different room. And they were having a a person, uh, a non-clergy person, perform a ceremony, so they had to be deputized. Um, and at that particular time, they had to go all the way um, kind of far out to get a, a license and be deputized. Mm-hmm. And so the bride had asked me, they need to be back before, you know, in time for the rehearsal. Um, how, you know, where was that place? So I told her the address and, I told her the approximate way to go. I, I didn't know for sure what's the best way to go. But I said, this is what I was given as directions from the, um, uh, from the location where the license would be granted. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently it took a lot longer. And so the groom... Um, or the person that was going to be deputized was about 20 minutes late to our rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And the bride called me on the phone before realizing that it was going to be farther and said that I had misled her. Well, oh, really? yeah. Now those are heavy words. Yeah. And I mean, I felt awful. And I realized that, you know, she was emotionally distraught. She had a lot of emotion because her parents were not together and, and were not a part of the wedding the way she had hoped they would be. And there were a lot of things going on. So I didn't take it personally, but I tried to let her know that I had given her the information that was given to me. I had not driven to that particular location before, and I was going on, you know, we're talking 12 years ago, you mm-hmm. know, Waze and a few other apps didn't, <laughs> didn't uh, exist. Exist back then, yeah. Yeah, and so there, there, there wasn't uh, a way for me to, to help them out in the way I, you know, would have liked to. Anyway, what I'm saying is there are times when uh, the timing of something, uh, you know, just can't be perfect. It's nobody's really fault. Everyone's intent was good. Right. So I thought when they got to, you know, the ceremony, everything was fine. No. Uh, to the further practice, the father corners me and he says, I'm really upset. The room does not have an ocean view. Oh, <laughs> it's a side view. And, and you this were supposed to, this oh, is for this the is, rehearsal. This is for the this rehearsal. Is a, this is rehearsal. Night. Okay. All right. All right. And so I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, you know, I, I was not in charge of this. He doesn't realize that the bride knew, but he didn't. He just assumed that I was going to be taking care of this, even though 
he did not sign the contract. It was made with his son and future daughter-in-law mm-hmm. and their service level was different. Uh-huh. And so I told him that I have a fax. In those days we were faxing and <laughs> there wasn't an email yet. And so I said, I faxed it. it, it I can show you. It says ocean view. You know, king size bed, you know, everything, you know, that he told me. And I, I didn't have to do this. I did this on my own. Okay. And he, so he, you know, so now I got two strikes against me. Oh, geez. And so when the bride gets there and she doesn't like her room, um, I told her that I'd be happy to stay after the, the rehearsal until another room is available because they were cleaning up other rooms and I'll oversee everything being moved for her. And she said, no, I want them to clean that room. And when I get back from the rehearsal, then I'll move my stuff. I said, if that's what you'd prefer. So then I didn't know for sure if she just didn't trust me to do that or she didn't want to bother me, you know, and realized that it really wasn't my fault about the room. Um, so I, I just tried to take a deep breath and say, okay, wedding day's coming and we're going to be okay. So it started out fine. And I thought everything was going well until the wind picked up and there was a door that went out to a terrace and that's where the bar was. So technically... You're supposed to keep the door ajar if you can, because people are going in and out. It's not like you can see through the door. Mm -hmm. So you don't know if someone's coming out with a drink or somebody's going to pull that door open and walk into somebody with a drink. So you you have to be a little careful. So the best thing to do is keep the door ajar so that you can kind of look around to mm-hmm. see if there's somebody coming. Well, one of the parents came over to me and said, the room is too cool. Will you please close the door? And so I kindly said to them, you know, I'd love to close this door, but technically we're supposed to keep it open because you can't see around. And you could see by the face that the person was saying to me, I'm paying for this wedding. I want the door closed. Close the darn door. Mm-hmm. So I said, I will definitely close the door. So I did that. I said, well, obviously things aren't any better than they were yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And then it came to speeches or something happened. And I was following everything correctly. But because the bride was so emotionally distraught, she said, aren't we supposed to be doing something, you know, else? And, And I looked at her and I said, genuinely, if you'd like to do something else, no problem. But we're following it just as you indicated. Would you like to see the timing, the schedule? And she said, yes. And she looked at it. She says, okay, I guess I was messed up. I said, no, you're just anxious to see something happen. And I understand that. Anyway, I got through that evening. And it was the sister 
of the groom, my former bride, who came over to me at the end of the evening, thanked me, said it was a beautiful day. And I looked at her and I have never done this before, but I did this time. My eyes welled up. I was trying to control myself, but I felt so badly because her wedding had gone so well. Mm -hmm. And just a year or two later, even though no one else knew it, but I did, it felt awful. Uh And I told her that. I said, I truly hope they're okay because I don't think they were happy. And I don't know what I could have done better under the circumstances, and I want to apologize. And I I will write them just so to let you know. And she was so sweet, and she said, oh, Toby, everybody knows you did a great job. Don't worry about it. But I did. And I never got an answer. Uh I have no idea. Uh But I, I wrote the note. And so what I'm really saying here is sometimes... No matter what you do, somebody may not be happy. And I just, I would hope, whether we have services listening or brides and grooms, that everyone will have a little grace (laughs) to realize that we all want the best. Right. And that we, we have good intentions. Even when occasionally we may misunderstand or genuinely, you know, make a, an error it's not out of uncaring that's it's, right it's just human error <laughs> yeah and sometimes you're just not allowed that <laughs> no well I, you know one rule of thumb i'd like to impart to listeners is that to keep one's head mm-hmm. uh in a difficult situation would be the the best policy Certainly. And, and that goes for lots of things in life. Yeah. E- even, even if you walked up to somebody and who is having a bad day. Well, well, for instance, there was this woman in line today at the shopping center who suddenly was in front of me. She was standing there and there was a line and suddenly there she was in front of me. And, I, and she had just a few items. But she pushed her way through the line and got in front of me Mm. and so i just said said to her well gee what what's for dinner you know what are you (laughs) (laughs) what are you making Uh, and that and she said she had eggplant she had something else yeah and then she says well i'm gonna make a a chicken lasagna with eggplant and Mm. i'm gonna try this out and and we started to talk a little bit like this and and then then she turned turned around and she said to me, "Thank you for letting her in line." Is but the, mm. that's where that thank you came from. Yeah, yeah. Now I could have been annoyed, you know, annoyed with her, <laughs> and it would have made an awkward situation even worse. But I just, yeah. you know, wanted to know, hey, what's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that um, having that social um making things nice for mm-hmm. others even if they are having a bad day as as best as best as you can it would be the best policy and but 
recognizing a situation before it happens where you would see that a particular person might need a little more care mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. that there, this is the kind of person that you would need to go over the itinerary with them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Even though they're not on the contract, even though they're not, but you found yeah. out that this particular person is could be a fly in somebody's ointment if mm-hmm. they're not handled exactly quite right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's uh, and there's it's, it's quite a skill recognizing who those people are, and in a in a in a wedding, yeah, in a party, or just somebody who has an influence on the outcome of the event yeah so anyway it's uh, but even even recognizing it you know if I had really been sharp that day I I would have just said certainly I would not have given him an explanation and I would have just either opened that door or closed that door what I'm really saying is if you recognize you know in your gut that that person is just you know uh strident in their attitude mm-hmm. that you you there is no explanation needed right and that's where i went wrong i tried to justify or explain and okay. and and what i'm saying is you know it wasn't a perfect move it wasn't my best uh response and i think when you do a good job you you're ex- you expect yourself to respond appropriately, and I certainly <laughs> didn't get the response I wanted. So you have to question, you know, what you did. <laughs> yes, but you're so you're such a likable person, Toby. You're you're so, such a yummy person and an encouraging person. And all you all I think that was happening there is that you 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 were looking for a little bit of understanding from this person, yeah. and and maybe seeking to get an understanding with that person was your big mistake, <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, uh, I know I, I realize that it's just, yeah. these things happen. And, and, and I think the, the outgrowth of this or the product is that our business is built on relationships mm-hmm. and communication. Um, there's, you know, as I've mentioned before, there's a wonderful podcast that I listen to often, uh, wedding ceremony uh, uh, podcast with um, J.P. Reynolds and Clint mm. Huff, and they're just wonderful at bringing out these points. And as we talk, I'm always reminded just how much communication. It plays such a big role in the success of an event, yes. whether it's the the actual day of the event or in the planning. Yes, there's there, you know, when you're on the same page, when you can appreciate each other's uh, priorities and and just function, what a difference it makes! You oh, know, oh. It, it's just unbelievable. And multiply that out by the. Uh, guests mm-hmm. also being in good communication with each other yeah. and with themselves. Yeah. And it's, you know, you have two beautiful families coming together 
Mm-hmm. And they're good people in that family, and they're good people in this family, and so they meet each other at the wedding, and suddenly mm-hmm. it's more friendships, and it's, it's a bigger, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. And yeah. so, yeah, I, we love what we do. Yeah, it's, it's, we want that for everybody. I know. And the thing is, is sometimes we become, I think, hypersensitive to the fact that when it's not that way, it's like, oh, God, bells go off. Yes, but, but it's usually one person who's ticked or, and it, and then that doesn't, you know, you well, I, it depends because I've, I've, I've had it where one family just is not thrilled with this wedding. Well, okay. you, know, oh. you know, and it's, it's, it's usually based on culture but more than anything. 90%, 99% of yeah. all the events that you've done have been wonderful, wonderful events for wonderful people. And they are, you know, it's that 1% or that 1.5%, that 2% that become become events that we wind up writing policy about. <laughs> you know, that's true. I don't know if it was 1%. I would like to think it was 1%. <laughs> I have a feeling it was more. But I'm going I'm to I'm think positively. But you're right. In fact, it's true. Because anytime somebody, I, I have a friend who is a, a coordinator, and her contract, boy, it is impressive. It, it is like three, four pages, mm. small type. And I mean, it is it is effective like crazy. And we've talked about this before. Um, and it's because of what she's experienced. Right. Things that have happened. She now feels she has to guard, be more guarded. And therefore, she, you know, says these certain things and guidelines. However, I'm, I, I'll say it again. I think it invites it too, you know, because people, when they see language like that, they can have a few questions in their mind <laughs> of, of self-protection too. Yes. And, but usually it's, it, none of this is an issue usually, yeah. and that it does come up. And for those type of um, weddings where that might come up, that it's good to have that policy or have the forethought to yeah. anticipate yeah. something. Yeah. Because I really think that most people don't go into uh, agreements or into planning something with a negative attitude. They want things to work out well. I think when things do happen, though, or they're concerned about something and they want to protect themselves, whether they're a client or a service, it's because they have been hurt before. Mm-hmm. I, it's something that they don't want to go back to that same feeling. And so mm-hmm. they will protect themselves in a way that they think is appropriate. Right. So I can understand that. And that's why I'm saying I don't take it personally. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, well, one of the reasons why I, in working things out with a with a couple, as I'll always present a wedding ceremony program sketch mm-hmm. that we agree upon. I always present a itinerary sketch mm-hmm. as as I see it could go, 
mm-hmm. and with announcements, with names of people, mm-hmm. and it's pretty uh, complete when mm-hmm. they get it and they, they know what they're buying from me. And I think that's that's important, and it, in a way that that those these understandings are established. I think anybody that is not a part of that planning process, who comes in on the scene and wasn't part of all this, mm-hmm. suddenly wants to know, well, why are you playing that that song or, or, or some kind of mm-hmm. thing like that? Well, hi, who are you? <laughs> hi, my name's Eric. I'm the DJ Master of Ceremonies. Who are you? And I've I've worked with the with the, the bride and groom, and who mm-hmm. are who are you, mm-hmm. and and so anyway, it's 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 a um, you try to be nice, you know, and you, and you, yeah. and, and that that is the watchword. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I think just asking somebody, you know, like you say, you know, I'm Eric. What's your name? So that you know who you're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just. You're not talking to a nameless person. You want you want to find out who they are. Yes. So it's nice when I have Wi-Fi at my disposal that if somebody asks for a request that I don't have, which rarely happens, but when it does, it's nice to have that. Oh, you bet. To hand yeah. that, that Wi-Fi right there. Yeah. And again, you know, in in talking with a Oh, you, you mentioned in another story about Aunt Ethel. Yes. Uh, um, where she's the one that's particular, and she's the one yeah. that could have a strong opinion that mm-hmm. might make everyone else feel a little bit uh, uncomfortable. And yeah. it, it might be that even though she wasn't part of the planning process, you might have to have a meeting with Aunt Ethel. Yeah. Just to... Make sure they say hi. I'm I'm Eric. I'm the DJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your name? You know. And, yeah. No, it's then, true. Yeah. There there are certain clients that I've had in, in the years where I have to take that extra care with mm-hmm. with my musicians and with with people just to say, well, this this particular client is forthright. They really know what they want. They want it a certain way, and so let's just make sure that we do that for them. Yeah. Exactly. And then it, it, it goes well. It does go well. But that little extra care. Yeah. Well, that's a nice note to end our conversation on, I think. A little extra care. <laughs> You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email, eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email, Toby at prepared.com. That's T-O-B-E-Y at P-R-E-P-A-I-R-E-D dot com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening.